Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. And running the boards is Joey Dees. Hey. Hi. On today's show, we are going to talk Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with spoilers. It's been uh, maybe two weeks, maybe even longer at this point. It's been a little bit of a delay since we've been back at this. So we're going to get down and dirty with what's going on with that movie. Also, I will talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed about the recent television cancellations and renewals. And we will get the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknations.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. Or just search for BJ Shays on BJ Shays Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Yes, uh, we got a lot going on, but do check us out. If you do uh, want to give us a review or them five stars or, I don't know, a golden rainbow or I don't know how many ways that you can review us, whichever way is the best, Give it to us on your pod catcher. And like I said, uh, again, you can also check it on that Odyssey app, just A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's odyssey.com. Now, let's get right into this with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It's been out for a couple of weeks now, and uh, we gave everyone a little bit of time to make sure that uh, nothing got spoiled. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet and you still haven't been spoiled by anything, congratulations, because I don't think you're on the Internet. And then also at this point in time, you might want to just pause this and come back to it a little bit later uh, because we're going to talk about spoilers because, well, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in this movie that, well, first and foremost, um, let's get everybody's initial reaction to the movie itself because uh, it seems to be doing all right on Rotten Tomatoes. It was in the 70s last I saw. Yeah, so I mean that's it's like especially for a Marvel movie when you get seventy four percent from the critics on the tomato meter and eighty six percent on the audience score, it means that okay, it seems like a solid movie all around. With Marvel, that's a little bit lower than mm-hmm. what the normal is. They're usually both in the nineties. Yeah, and that's really recently kind of taken a turn, especially when uh, like with Eternals getting uh, for the most part kind of a little bit of a review bomb. And uh, I don't think that was the case with Doctor Strange. No, it's funny because I feel like it's the opposite. Everyone just immediately, I love it. It was one of the greatest movies ever. And it's like, are you a Marvel fan or do you just want to like, there were some diehard fans that just want to believe every single thing that they put out is great. Yeah. And that's kind of where I felt with this. And as as we've been talking, uh, especially like Joe and I have just been talking about how like things go on in this movie and you're just like... Uh, okay, is it is that it? And even having to look up articles or watching people's reviews on the TikToks and they're like the breakdown of what's going on or how they feel things are going, it felt like for a Marvel movie, it was about the same pace as most of them, but it felt like things were missing from it. Right. That I didn't like... It, and I, it, You kind of have to like kind of bridge yourself in order to get to... So I feel like this movie is definitely what I call a puzzle piece movie. Like you're really just watching it so you can watch the other stuff that comes after it. I kind of believe Thor 1 was that. Like we wanted to get to an Avengers. Yeah. It's a puzzle piece movie. We need to set this up. Here's Thor. Uh, That being said, like when you said that there's something missing, I felt that too in the sense of 
like we're spoiling it, so obviously. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Go <clears> ahead, <throat> just yeah, throw it all out there. When we found out that the big bad was, you know, Wanda, like I still, I'm like, no, no okay, well, okay, well, where's the guy who sent the the big monster after uh, America? Like, okay, who, who's that? And they're like, no, it's it's Wanda. I'm like, yeah, what? it's Wanda did it. No, no, no. Like, why did you set built all of this up for Wanda? To do that, like I just like no, 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 okay. Well, where's the real bad guy coming in? Okay, when is that guy coming in? And that's what I was expecting and waiting for. Never got it. And I know there are a lot of people who are like, "Oh, this is Wanda in the multiverse of madness," you know, and like, and it turns out to be well, yeah, she's the villain for some reason. Like I was completely blind to that. The trailers did a good job of making it seem like we were going to get a multiverse of stranges. That would be the problem. And it really wasn't that. I mean, there were like maybe little uh, like little stepping stones, like yeah. you know, issues here and there, but they weren't like anything big. And it took a lot of getting down to uh, uh, like, again, a lot of extracurricular work to get to what I felt was the basis of the movie and the whole point of the movie. Because when watching it, and I've only seen it one time because I haven't necessarily been even intrigued to go back and see it, even though it's got one of my favorite directors of all time with Sam Raimi. Mm -hmm. It was just that, okay, so is this just a Doctor Strange movie for him to get over Christine and just, is that the whole thing about this? And it it really felt like that the entire time. And then finally kind of realizing, no, there's a little bit more to it, a little bit deeper. But I had to dig so hard for it. I would guess what happened to this movie is that when they wrote, originally wrote the script, it was a Doctor Strange movie. And as they kind of filmed it, they realized that Wanda is just a way better character for it. And that they needed American Chavez's character in the movie to complete the arc for later movies. Yeah, again, a puzzle piece like Vicky exactly. was saying. And so what ended up happening is, is it kind of went through a bunch of re- redirect, reshoots, all that kind of stuff. I they were that, yeah. they were kind of just like, well, we'll tell the story and we'll make it mostly about Wanda and we can't change the name. And we'll just pitch it and it'll be fine. Because really this movie is a 7 out of 10 movie, right? It's missing a good ending. Mm-hmm. It's missing Doctor Strange being the main hero. And it's missing a villain. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah, like, I feel like they just used Wanda because, like, that was easy. Or I also heard, like, in certain interviews that she was saying, like, she has felt stuck because of her Marvel contract. Yeah. Uh, so, she, like, she's like, I can't really get to do any other projects or anything at the moment. So I'm wondering if this was also kind of like maybe my way out. Yeah. And this was really one of those ones where I was I wanted a little bit more of an explanation of what Wanda was going through, because first off, it was another one of those movies where you needed to do a lot of prep work. And the prep work was really going into watching What If, watching WandaVision, and then even watching... Like a little bit of Spider-Man. Yeah, a little bit of that because you needed that as well because there was that bridge to it. And even Loki. Because yeah. uh, there was at one point Kevin Feige was on the red carpet talking about how the things that work out, like it is now canon because of Kevin Feige that uh, Sylvie, the Loki variant, was the one who broke the multiverse by killing mm-hmm. he who remains that started the problem. And then with Spider-Man uh, 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 No Way Home, like Doctor Strange was doing a spell that he's done before, but because of the cracking of the multiverse it triggered uh, it to go off weird wrong, and that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And that even to this point, uh, the whole multiverse is out there because of what happened with Loki. And, well, I didn't even get that while watching any Mm -hmm. of these at all. It's been very, very vague. And it was very confusing because he even made mention, like, I think it was when he was with America at, at, like, the little, not diner, but, like, the coffee shop. Yeah. 
And they said something about like Spider-Man. I was like, wait, you have a Spider-Man? It's like, I thought everyone forgot, including him. They forgot who Spider-Man is. Yeah, they forgot They forgot about Secret Peter identity. Parker. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. I was confused Spider-Man when I heard that. Spider-Man was still like, around, but they had forgotten. The spell gotcha. went off and forgot Peter Parker. Who? Okay, Peter Parker was. Yeah, okay, so that's, there's, okay, no I'm, one remembers a Peter Parker, but they do remember a Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, and I think you made a good point, Rev. I think the big problem, too, when you get to the end of this movie, is that the reveals only work if you've seen those Disney yeah. Plus shows, but then they spoil the reveals because you already know who they all are. So it's not like, yeah. oh my gosh, look at these characters I've never seen before, which is why you see Professor X come out and John Krasinski's like cameo. I think it's because like, guys, this isn't even a reveal anymore. Everyone knows these characters, and if they don't, we've screwed up already. Yeah. Right. And it, that's a big thing on that too. And I'm usually not the one, like when people cry fan service, I'm like, well, yeah, they're, they're making superhero movies for fans. Mm-hmm. Like, I, one, appreciated it. Like, I love being able to see these characters on screen with all these other characters. But I felt like it was, oh, what was that movie? Oh, it felt like a Suicide Squad movie. Oh. Because it's just like, hey, look at all these characters you're excited about. And God. Gak. Well, and that was like, oh, my God. That was a fan disservice at this point yeah. in time. Like, I was so, and I mean, uh, BJ's not here. But if you want to hear him go off, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of wrap this one in a quick bow for just that. Because his argument about, A, it was awesome to see John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, but the smartest man in the world, as stated when he was introduced, doesn't know how to deal with Scarlet Witch. Like, that was one of those things where you're like... Yeah, you just brought them a to sh- like it's 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 the wharf thing where you sh- mm-hmm. like you decimate the most powerful things to show how much more powerful this new thing is, but it was like she just took care of some of the most powerful entities in all of the multiverses with barely any issues. She was wearing her mom jeans destroying people and it was kind of that super annoying like they're not doing this. Oh, they are doing this. Oh, it's been done. Although the only thing I had a fun time with when that all happened is if you guys have watched Archer, especially like the Archer like space uh, season, mm-hmm. he talks about how he uh, he has a fear of black holes, and so when like they, this uh, Krieger created like a black hole grenade, basically, <laughs> and he's like, "No, I don't want to be a turtle spaghetti." That's all I thought of when I saw him. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the way they did it, and that's a I think that's a testament to um Raimi is mm-hmm. just like the way that they they killed them all. It was very creative. Was very creative, very entertaining. There was a lot of stuff that Sam Raimi had his hand in, obviously as the director, some callbacks to some fun stuff, including Evil Dead, uh Army of Darkness, even Drag Me to Hell. There's some of that fun, like you get that it's a Sam Raimi horror movie, but at that same point, it's just like I I expected more. Yeah, when you're going to turn your heroes bad in an alternate universe to show kind of like a different side to a coin, mm-hmm. which is cool, and you show them blast, they blast their Doctor Strange, right? That result has to be they're very smart and very intelligent when it comes to war tactics. Yeah. Because of, they've lost that humanity hero side to them, right? So you're like, oh, this is cool. To then immediately show them, say that Doctor Strange is the biggest threat, and then watch all their heroes die yeah. to a not Doctor Strange, you're like... Are you guys really that smart? This doesn't really seem like it fits. And the whole like the whole thing was like, oh, is this entire movie just about Doctor Strange getting over Christine Palmer? And no, it's not. I mean, that is the basis of what's going around, especially when you see the 838 Christine Palmer dealing with like the mm-hmm. Baxter building and all the super cool stuff that was going on with that. But it's really about 
Doctor Strange trying to realize that he can't fix everything himself, which has been the constant where he will go off. And even it's stated in the movie, it's like by Wanda when she's like, yeah, you do something and you go off the rails and do your own thing for the greater good. And it is you're hailed as a hero. When I do it, I'm a monster. And you see that he has done that. He's done that in all of the movies where Mm. it's his way or the highway because he's the quote unquote sorcerer supreme. Even when he's not, Not. he still, you know, treats Wong like crap until the end of the movie. But you just it's about him finally realizing that he needs help. But it comes back out and it's just a super cheesy way especially at the end with America Chavez where it's like the power is within you all along. And it's, I get what they're doing. And I love that just for the fact that we need, uh, I thought, I thought that America Chavez is a super cool character. I love what they're doing with it because they need, again, the puzzle piece, the bridge to be able to get to these multiverses. But that was just so ham fisted. I was just Mm -hmm. like, you're doing this character dirty when she's just sitting there being mansplained to or Dr. Strange splained to. It was just like, okay, all right, fine. Her character in general is just a throw in. And it's sad because you're right. Her character should have been fine. It should have been a good character. But like even like the, the, the star portals, I'm like, guys. Take a little freedom and just make them look like Doctor Strange's portals. I mean, that would make a ton of sense. Like they're stars, man. Punching stars into the multiverse. Like I, I just sat there and I'm like, and you name her America Chavez. I'm just like, I get that that's comic book worthy, you know. But like, that's from it, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, but even for the show and the movie, like it just, it just feels so out of place. Well, and I mean, to be honest, on that end, it's going to be something where if they did any changes like that. In from the comic books, people will lose their mind, especially like what they're doing with Miss Marvel, that mm-hmm. they're changing her powers from the embiggening into some sort of inhumans purple puncher power because they don't want it to be the same thing as Reed Richards' stretchy ability. Which so is, they're it's kind of marking hap- it across. It kind of happened with the scrolls too, because in the comics, and I've only read like bits and pieces with scrolls, like with uh, the Runaways comics, mm-hmm. they have a couple of different abilities, like including like fire, basically the. In- uh, what the uh, Fantastic Four can do, they all have the, those abilities as well as shape shifting. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. It's just a small thing though. Like call yeah. her Amy Chavez, A M I, and then it's like, short Ami. for America or yeah. something or Ami. Yeah, like it, it doesn't take much. It's just and, like when he comes in, he goes, "What's your name? My name's America." It's like what, you were America and you punch star holes. Like <laughs> this is just we're, this is really seventies comic book ass. It's I like mean, not even. It, I think I think the only reason it <laughs> well, didn't, you put it that way. Yeah. The only reason it didn't bug me too too much not not it's not the star thing, but the name thing is because there is an actress, America Ferrara. She's yeah. a Latina actress. And there's someone. And that's in, why I'm yeah, like, oh, okay, because yeah. I'm not a big fan of that name either. No, it's like it's the, the name is fine. I have no problem. Like, I, I, I just think that in the setting of you're building a super, you it's like calling yourself blue. Red, White, and Blue Jones. You know, like I'm Billy Frank. You know, it's just like, like just and, a generic thing. And also, like I'm thinking like of a fight or any kind of battle situation. Like when I see these in a movie, I remember playing a sport. Like I played soccer for many, many years growing up. Mm-hmm. You would never use anybody's full name because yeah, like you're yeah, not going to yeah. be like America. Like it'd be like ah. Like Ami, Ami, like Ash, yeah. you know, like all of us had like Vic. We all had shortened versions of our nicknames even mm-hmm. yeah. because in that moment, like I don't have time to say Dr. Stephen Strange or Dr. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> I'd be like, Doc, over here, Wong, like um, overall, Cap. <laughs> uh, overall, again, I, I absolutely agree with B- or Vicky thinking, saying that it's a puzzle piece movie. I agree with Joe giving it a seven. I'd probably give it like a 6.5. It was one yeah. that I really liked in terms of uh, Sam Raimi, what he did when he yes. got to shine, but also that just drove me 
to go watch Evil Dead 2. Like, I'm watching his other movies because this didn't, I don't want to go back and see it. This was definitely, that's what I had, I wrote to a friend, I'm like, this screams Sam Raimi, like all of it made me think of like the Evil Dead series. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Television series, which I actually watched it, which made like those scary parts, quote unquote, in uh, Doctor Strange palatable for me. Okay, yeah, I was wondering about that. It didn't freak me out too much. I thought it was pretty fun and creative and even like. The weird zombified looking Doctor Strange. I'm like, <laughs> the, the that cl- looks so sad. The Rainy. cloak of souls was my hands down favorite part where it just went over zombie strange. And I was like, that is so cool. That is way cooler than it, it really has any right to be for this movie. And I have like a theory on one of the moments. And it was one of those like really moments. But it, it was a little better if my theory is correct. Mm. When he's trying to like get his crap together. And Christine's like, wait, aren't you? What aren't you? Social so- Supreme, act like it. Yeah. It reminded me of like, what are you the god of again? Like from uh, <laughs> Ragnarok, where it's like, yeah, you're not the god of hammers. You're the god of, you're, what are you the god of? And like, that's where, like, I, that yeah. was a good moment. This yeah. one, eh. This does lead into some big, serious implications in the way that they introduce some terminology. Again, puzzle piece, they talked about incursions. Incursions is a big thing because it takes multiverses and basically is collapsing them in on each other. So that is going to be really what happens down the line. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at six or seven years down the line at this point in time for something like a Secret Wars, which if you haven't, go back and read the 2015 version of Secret Wars where God Emperor Doom... Uh, basically saves the two ma- ma- uh, major 616 and Ultimates universes and uh, basically turns it into Battle Planet and then everything kind of figures out from there. That is a great series and I feel that that's going to be the Infinity Saga at the end. I feel there's going to be a Secret Wars 1 and 2 mm-hmm. when we get down, when they're fighting the incursions, suddenly all of the uh, all of the multiverses explode and then Battle Planet will bring it all back over and uh, finish it up. Yeah, I'm still excited. I think the one thing this movie proved is that like Elizabeth Olsen and like the new version of our star superheroes that we have that are locked in are very good at their acting. Mm-hmm. Same same yeah. level of Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. and that yeah. thing. So when we get to our payoff, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm, just going to be again another ten years, like yeah. like we've seen. And I'm curious to see if like this movie will be better later on once we've seen all the other movies. It might be like not as bad as we're thinking it is well, now. And I mean, because even like BJ has talked about going back and watching Thor: The Dark World and saying. It's not that bad. And a lot of people have been saying that, but we're getting those bridge movies that are leaving us, uh, again, just kind of that lacking. And I guess, yeah, time will have to tell with that. Let me know what you guys think about this. Very excited to hear what people have to, uh, their thoughts on it as well. But now I do need to get to Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And we've talked a lot about video games and movies and all sorts of stuff. Of course, uh, you know, geez, for God, I don't even know how long now at this point, like over a decade. And now we need to talk a little bit about television because some Big things are going on right now because right around this time is when everyone is starting to announce their cancellations and their renewals. And one that was a surprise was CBS's Magnum P.I. Yeah, this absolutely blew everyone's mind because Jay Hernandez, the star of the show, um, about a week before the final episode aired, he was asked about it because he was out doing press for it. And he said, honestly, I'm not worried about it at all. We're absolutely golden. And he had pointed to the fact that it was a top 25 show. It was a hit in the ratings in terms of about 5 million viewers a week. And he said, 
for him, what was the really big sign is it's, it's what they call travels well. It's very appealing to overseas buyers. It has a very mm. active outside the U.S. market. And so, you know, you look at it that it, uh, you know, apparently was popular to stream on Paramount+. Plus. It was doing well o- over the air, and it was selling well overseas. Everything pointed to that it should have come back. And yet it gets canceled. So do you have any ideas why that would have happened at this point in time? Because, I mean, this is kind of major when it comes down to it. It is. Um, You know, I'll be honest. I kind of thought something was up when I saw the final episode because they film it in Hawaii, as people know. And the very last scene, uh, they, like, exit a building and they go out on a patio. And I said to my wife, that looks like it was CGI to me. It doesn't look like it was filmed on location. It almost to me looked like perhaps they were stateside and they called them in. They went into a soundstage really quick and shot this scene. Kind of like, you know, my mind was going, I wonder if that was the original way they were going to end the season. And perhaps there was a leaning that things might go one way, might go another. So they shot this scene that, while it doesn't close everything out, it at least gives you a direction where you can say either this is where we're going next year or you can extrapolate from that if they don't come back, well, this is what happened next. And it was just like really odd because they've always done an emphasis on the scenery of Hawaii. And I'm like, this is so clearly filmed on a soundstage. It looks like it was thrown in at the last minute. What I heard was there were people speculating about the cost of production in Hawaii. Okay, yeah. uh, But other shows are still filming in Hawaii. What I heard, it came down to demographics. And this this kind of blows my mind, though. Apparently, it was not a popular show in the 18 to 45 demographics. And there were some saying CBS made an example of the show ahead of the upfront to go to the advertisers and say, see... The 18 to 45 demographic is still the most important thing in the world to us. There you go. And wow. I looked at that, though, and I go, but yeah, that makes no sense to me because CBS had the reputation of shows that appeal to an older viewer. You look at what they renewed, Blue Bloods with Tom Selleck. That is not an 18 to 45 show, <laughs> at least from my standpoint. Yeah. You got all those... Law and Order and procedural show. Law and Order, I know, is NBC, but you know what I'm saying. You mm-hmm. get. The, I look at the CBS lineup and I go, this to me looks like a bunch of shows that appeal to an older... I mean, yeah. yeah. Yes, you have Young Sheldon, stuff like that. But saying, oh, well, it doesn't apply to this demographic didn't seem to me to work because you could adjust that. And the bottom line is the ratings were solid. So it... it looks to be a combination of you know cost cutting it might it's like the streaming factor this is as big as the audience is going to get it's not going to get any bigger it's going to cost us more to keep making it maybe this is the one to sacrifice and does this have ramifications going across all the boards because at that point if that's the case it seems like every show should be worried that they're not safe yeah, it, it definitely does. Now, see, it, it's so weird because I looked across the thing, and like some shows, like The Rookie, which I enjoy very much, got an early renewal. They normally don't get their notice until a week or two after the season has ended. 
and we kind of heard that was coming because they announced the spinoff series was coming. So, you know, that's all been golden. They are definitely going forward with that. So you could see that they want it on board. But there were shows like Home Economics and the Goldbergs. I mean, the Goldbergs have had a lot of turmoil with Jeff Garland yeah. off the show. Uh, they had announced, you know what, we're coming back. We signed a multi-year deal. Um, we're coming back. And then there's another show that I enjoy very much, Home Economics with Topher Grace. We had been told that's on the bubble because the ratings were kind of declining. They're coming back. And part mm. of that is you could say it kind of looks like because of the strength of shows like Abbott Elementary, they were willing to say, let's not rock the boat too much. We'll take on one or two new shows, but we know what we've got here. Let's go with it. Whereas others are taking a deep impact, you, you know, streaming. We heard Netflix laid off another 150 people. Mm. Everybody's kind of looking around now going, mm, geez, do we really want to go ahead with this? And it's very, it's so odd because some are saying we're in, we're back, we're, we're bringing up our same lineup and we're adding shows. And others are saying, well, we're going to get rid of this, we're getting rid of this. And it, it just seems to be a lot of reactionary stuff and a lot of, we're hoping this is the right move stuff. Now, you did mention Abbott Elementary, which I've really loved. I love the fact that you can kind of catch a lot of these shows. If you don't catch them live, you can catch them on Hulu, which is where we're watching them. Do you feel like a show like that in kind of that mockumentary style, that does that matter anything as opposed to like a scripted sitcom? or And I know it's scripted, but I mean, you know what I mean on that aspect. Or sure. just like any of those other things. Do you feel like a format is going to be something that you know comes out on top as opposed to anything else? Or does that really not really matter at this point? I think the, pro the trick is you have a show like um, Abbott Elementary, and it was not only popular... I believe you could make the argument that it's relatively cheap compared to bigger, more established shows because mm. it doesn't have the quote-unquote star power uh, attached to it. And it also addresses several key demographics, which is an important part of the show. This is a show that appeals to a wide demographic base, and that is a very big uh, factor for them. And, you know, you also have the issue of control. There's a, a show called pivoting about three friends and stuff like that it recently got the act and to give you an example one of the problems was the whole nature of production it was a uh, warner brothers produced show that appeared on fox and we were told that there was like intense negotiations between the studios because you have all of this nonsense about you know who pays for what and who is going to get the streaming? Is it going to be HBO Max? Is it going to be Hulu? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And at the end of the day, they couldn't come to terms on a deal that worked for both sides, and it's gone. And mm. so I think you might see shows that used to be very common. You know, uh, we, we had news recently. This one completely blew everyone's mind. After trying to get a live-action show going and not able to do it, they're attempting to bring back Married with Children as an animated show with the original cast doing the voices. I heard about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you've got the Family Guy producer behind it, and apparently there's extremely strong interest. Now, see, to me, this is fascinating because I absolutely love the show. My son mm -hmm. loves the show. They tried years ago to do a show that was going to be about Bud, his family, his children, 
with the others coming in as, as schedule allowed, and the fact that he's a college-educated success, but the Bundy curse never goes too far away, and now that he's <laughs> married with children, now it's coming back, and the, Al and Peggy are now married with grandchildren, and they couldn't make it work because they couldn't get the rights all sorted out. Um, oh. And so I don't know if that got sorted out or perhaps in an animated format, the rights are different. But, you know, as I pointed out to somebody, that's a golden example. They're out there shopping it to networks and to streamers. I would say streamers would be a better idea so you don't have to be so fussy about the content. But I remember the fact that this was a Sony-produced show that aired on Fox. So you can kind of get the idea. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and then you, you know, when people ask me about the Orville, they're coming out and I said that, you know, this is a potential nightmare as well because Fox has that and Family Guy and they have, um, you know, those shows that Seth does. Seth has a long term deal that he signed with Universal. Uh, at the studios, he's got to do a series of TED uh, for on TED yeah. for the Peacock streaming service. But yet they've re-upped his shows, and it seems what I'm hearing is that the Orville's the odd one out because that's what takes all the time being a live action show. And so it's kind of they've all been released from their contracts, and it's the old we're not saying we can't put them back under contract and bring them back, but. You know, two of them are now on the Ted show, and he's got Family Guy, and he's still got American Dad, and oh yeah, he owes all these other projects yet to be announced for this studio. And that seems to be the biggest problem, is that you just have talent spread out so much that some of these networks are saying it may be a marginal hit, but maybe it's better to stick with this. Wow, yeah. And then try to come anew. And then you also have the, well, do we have our own streaming service built in? If not, can we sell it? And it, it it's a changing landscape, and I have a feeling it's going to be very different over the next few years. It'll be interesting to see where all of that goes, especially with the streaming wars at this point in time. And I know that you're going to have the finger on the pulse as we continue on. So people, go to SKNR.net or just search for Skewed and Reviewed and you can find that. Get all the information about TV, uh, movies, video games, toys, all that stuff, all your geeky stuff and more. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? Mm, so there's not a whole lot of movies that are coming out specifically this week in our nerdy realm. Okay. But I will talk about the few that are here and some that we missed in the last few weeks. Oh, good call. Good call. Because, yeah, we've been uh, in and out. So you got to kind of, sorry about that, everyone, but deal with it. Life happens. Yep. Uh, but this is one that it's, I kind of want to see it because I'm curious. They sucked me in, but at the same time, I'm scared. <laughs> oh, okay. But so far, it's getting well received. It's called Men. I saw the trailer for this in a movie that I'll be uh, reviewing uh, on Monday, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yay. And I seeing this trailer was just like, okay. And then I see who directed it. It was Alex Garland who did Ex Machina and, and Annihilation. And I've oh, talked about Annihilation yeah. before, how it left me. I left the theater like, whoa. Which also has Oscar Isaac, Tessa Thompson. Um, it also has uh, Natalie Portman, so a lot of awesome actors. I actually, I totally forgot that 
Wong from Stranger Things was also in it briefly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you guys haven't seen Annihilation and you like this kind of vibe, I definitely um, I definitely recommend checking it out. It is getting 80% on the tomato meter as of right now. Nice. Wow. No audience score yet. Looks like a mind deaf. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Another one. I- I've never seen this. I don't know if you guys have. I think BJ has for sure because he references it a lot. But Downton Abbey has a movie. Oh, a good. My one. wife will be excited for this. Downton Abbey, A New Era. All <laughs> right. It, yeah, it comes out this week. I'm like, uh, this is important. People talk about this. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's the thing. I don't know necessarily what this one encompasses because I don't think that we finished the last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know if this is the last season or just the latest season, I mm-hmm. should just say. Um, I watch it. I don't follow it. It's one of That's those sh- like it's just one of those shows that I'm like yeah it's going on I'll see a couple of episodes and I'll try to get like a a, a, a little bit of like a gist of what's going on yeah and most of the time I'm just confused but it's just it's posh British people in uh like uh the around the early 1900s wars mm-hmm. going on and all that stuff and just trying to deal with the modernization and like mm. all the old ways that are going away and even in this last one it was kind of entertaining because they have had to. Um, turn their their mansion, their castle, whatever the hell it is, into a tourist attraction mm. in order just to keep afloat. Because okay. yeah, like uh, most of the most of those old landowners are just kind of going away, and they need a way, so it's just become a tourist attraction. All these posh people are like, oh, they're all just walking in here looking at our stuff. Ew, <laughs> who wants to do that? And it's like everyone. I want to yeah. do it. <laughs> like you want to see how the rich people live. Yeah. Uh, but as of right now, it is getting eighty percent on the tomato meter with ninety eight percent audience score. So not surprised there. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but going back a couple weeks, stuff that came out on the 13th, this one I had no idea about, but it's getting pretty well reviewed in the tomato meter and like, okay, on the uh, audience score. It is called The Innocence. Oh. It is a horror mystery thriller and it's 96% on the tomato meter, 63% on the audience score. So eh, for that. But the very short synopsis is terror strikes when a group of Nordic children reveals mysterious powers that take a dark and violent turn. Mm. This is a Norwegian movie. So it might be a little hard to, like, it won't be at every single theater. But if this is your vibe, definitely go check it out. I'm sure it's uh, subtitled and eventually will come out dubbed, I'm assuming. Yeah, that kind of makes sense on that end. But I know people love their horror movies, and I only brought it up because it's 96% on the tomato meter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another one. Um, it's eh, because also kind of in the horror genre, but it does have an actress I very much like, Christina Ricci. Oh. It is called Monstrous. It is getting 59% on tomato meter, 63% on the audience score. It's a terrifying new horror awaits Laura, played by Christina Ricci, and her seven-year-old son Cody when they flee her abusive ex-husband and try to settle into a new life in an idyllic remote lakeside farmhouse. Still traumatized, their physical and mental well-being are pushed to the limit as their fragile existence is threatened. Oh. So it looks like there's another monster afoot. I couldn't really tell. Like, you can't really see what the monster is. So I don't know if it's going to be one of those movies that you find out the monster is something in their head the whole time. Who knows? Or the monster could be just that creepy looking that they wait till you see it to see it. And it's uh, Polygon reviews it just in their uh, thing, uh, in their just their headline says it anchors a Twilight Zone style horror film. Mm. So get ready for that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it might Mm. be one of those ones where it's in your brain the whole time. You don't know what's really necessarily going on. It's very like she's dressed very 50 ish. So this definitely does not take place in modern time. Yeah. And one last one, because this was everywhere. And I remember seeing someone post a meme. It's like, can 
can I have a word with Zac Efron's uh, like manager? Oh, because like the trailers look so bad. Like in my opinion, like I knew it was not going to be a good movie, and the tomato meter is giving it a twelve percent. The audience score is giving it forty six percent. It is called Firestarter. And this is based off of the old Stephen King book. Mm -hmm. There was uh, an original movie that came out with Baby Drew Barrymore way back Mm. in the day. So it's a remake. So if you're not into horror remakes or you're not into Zac Efron, this this will not be for you. I mean, I love Zac Efron, but not not enough to go see this. It's a little girl who likes to start fires with her mind. Yeah. Does she burn off of uh, burn off Zac Efron's shirt a lot? Because <laughs> that could be the only reason I could see people wanting to. And go it's to like, this movie. here's my money. <laughs> Sorry, Zac. I just I, again, I don't know why I don't it burned know what off. Happened, what happened to my shirt? All of the time. I think that w- if they if they did that, it would be a selling point on every trailer. And I haven't seen that necessarily. Ooh. Not to say that it's not there. Um, but if anyone wants to give us a review on that one, uh, just let us know. Yeah, like <laughs> Zac Efron, I can tell. Like he's talented. He's done some great stuff. He has a phenomenal voice. Uh, like he was in Hairspray. He like I mean, if that's your vibe. Um, but he's really good at the comedic stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, come on, buddy. Like if you want to do more of the like I don't know, actiony, scary stuff. No, don't don't do that. <laughs> Just like, don't do that. I'll be your I'll be your agent. I would have told you no no no, not good. Um, but I'm curious if you guys have had the chance to see any movies recently. Please let us know. We would love to hear your reviews. Absolutely. And until next time, stay nerdy.